Ladies and gentlemen, as always, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 43. My name is Matt. I'm here with B Dubs. That is my beautiful wife, Carol, and the lovely Rain. That means I am here with two beautiful ladies, and I don't have to put up with Chris or Kyle's ugly mug. So how how perfect is my day? Seems Woo-hoo. seems good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. It looks to have a lot to do with with radio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, today is October fifteenth, twenty nineteen. And we're going to tell you about this day in wrestling history. And I didn't ask her to do it before, but Rain, you've never done this day in wrestling history before. So can you give me your best this day in wrestling history? Can you do it Chris Cumbie style? Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try, but I'm okay. probably not going to be too close to what he, how amazing Chris is. Um, so He's still see. your biggest um, fan with all these comments. All right, let's do it. <laughs> This day in wrestling history. History. That's good. That's great. Oh, oh, it's (laughs) echoing out. I see. I see. It's good. It's good. So today in wrestling history, there was a very popular birth, uh, or the birth of a very popular superstar, and the death of an absolutely legendary uh, figure in pro wrestling. Uh, Today, October 15th, is the birth of Mr. Kenny Omega, born in 1983. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, today died in 2003 was Mr. Stu Hart, which is Brett Noen Hart's father. Mm. Uh, he was a legend. He had the Hart Dungeon. A lot of wonderful wrestlers came from that, most notably Brett Hart. But basically everyone that came out of that, of the Hart Dungeon, was uh, uh, if they weren't incredibly successful, they were at least a really good wrestler. So best memories to him. Uh, before we actually get into reviewing Raw... I just wanted to point out, I don't know if you ladies have heard this yet or not, but Eric Bischoff is no longer the executive director of Friday Night Smackdown. No way, really? I know, and this is kind of ridiculous, because what, two, three months ago, Vincent Man says, hey, Paul Heyman, you're going to do Raw, Eric Bischoff, you're going to do Smackdown, and after two weeks, Bischoff's just gone, got fired. Uh, Bruce Pritchard is stepping in as the executive director, he's been working for WWE on and off for, I think, like 40 years. And that might be a little too long, but like as, as long as I can remember, before I was born, the guy's been working for WWE. So uh, congratulations to him, I guess. It's kind of a bummer for Eric Bischoff because he literally just moved his family to Connecticut. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, it's kind of a bummer. But, you know, I mean, the guy's going to be fine. He's made his money. He's not struggling or anything. But at the same time, when you take your kids and – and uproot them and move them to a brand new place. And then just a few months later, you're like, well, guess we're going to go back. It's just a, it's not the best situation. So congratulations to Bruce and uh, bummer for Eric Bischoff and for old WCW fans like me. So we're going to go right into WWE Raw. And this was night two of the draft. And I want to talk one, about one more thing. Okay. I want to talk about one more thing before we actually start with Raw. And that's what makes sports drafts special. And Rain actually works for sports teams out in L.A. And I just wanted to point out why I love sports drafts, especially the NFL. So the great thing about the NFL draft is they are 32 teams. And I'm a Jaguars fan, so we usually have a very high pick. And so I'm like, all right, who are we going to get? There's these two or three guys that we could get, especially in the early rounds. And when someone's taken them, you're like, oh, no, I can't believe this person has been drafted, which happened tonight 
by the way, when there's only two teams. Uh, I'll get onto that later. I'm not going to start on that. But the WWE draft isn't special. It's not. <laughs> You've got two teams that are drafting back and forth. And when Ste- the way they're doing it this year, in the past it's been really fun. But the way they're doing it this year with only, you know, reading off five at a time, it just it takes away the specialness of that. There's no, there's no, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Where you're waiting for something anxiously. Anticipation. There's no anticipation yeah. for the next the next pick with the, with the NFL draft, NBA draft, Major League Baseball draft, NHL draft. There's that anticipation because you don't know who's going to go where. And even though in the WWE you don't really know who's going to go where, except for maybe in the first mm-hmm. round where they spoiled almost the whole thing on their website, it just when you read off five at a time, it it just takes it all away. It takes it all away. They put it in two different pools. They made so many stupid mistakes that it just it took the fun out of it for me, and it just really disappointed me. Now I don't know if you've worked with drafts at all or, or in any draft coverage reign, but. Can you tell me a little bit about how uh, the wrestling draft differs in sports drafts? So with me personally, um, I've been a part of covering uh, draft for the NBA and MLB. Uh, for us, uh, we totally have no clue of what's going to happen. And we literally just find out everything at that moment. So I'm pretty sure it's kind of different with WWE because, you know, obviously it's, it's scripted, I think. Right. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but yeah uh i remember you know how stressed my producers would be because to them you know we need to be prepared just in case so-and-so moves to this team or or this particular athlete moves to another team or gets traded um we try to prep for every single scenario that's out there but i don't think that's the same case with wwe no, not at all. And it wasn't. And it's fair because they already know. But at the same time, it is, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It just wasn't fun. Now, I know, honey, you're not a sports fan at all. But you did experience this WWE draft for the first time. Moving away from it in this, at the end of the draft, what was your thoughts? Um, It just didn't mean anything to me because it wasn't, like I said, there was no ooh, who's it going to be or anything like that. Or just saying so-and-so is going to be on SmackDown, so-and-so is going to be on Raw, back and forth. And on to me, they haven't been very for, uh, rigid with who's on what yeah, the, show the lately. The wild card rule really diluted. And oh, so that yeah. kind of made it very confusing to me as who was supposed to be on what show anyway. So I most weeks I just show up and see what happens. So I wasn't it didn't mean anything to me. Right. It mm-hmm. just was like, okay, he wasn't already on SmackDown. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, so now, I've been watching wrestling for two decades and I didn't know who was on what show. Yeah. I mean, I ca- probably could have named half a dozen people that aren't champions and tell you what show they were on. It like when the revival were SmackDown champions, I thought they were already on raw. And like, part of me still thinks they were, but I don't actually know, but whatever. We're going to go ahead and move into the show because I could rant about this forever. <laughs> I'm going to rant about it more, and we're going to have a lot of ranting tonight, and it's going to be lots of fun. But we open with Becky Lynch, who was supposed to be wrestling Sasha Banks, but Sasha was injured, uh, real life injured. And Becky Lynch says that Sasha is ducking her, but this next woman that she's going to compete, compete against, she just can't seem to get away from. And then Charlotte Flair's music hits. And this is for... 
If Becky wins, Raw will get the first pick of the draft. If Charlotte wins, SmackDown will get the first pick of the draft. Now, we all know that Raw is going to win just for the fact that, that the drafts are always going to go Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw, because Raw gets three and SmackDown gets two, mm-hmm. and if SmackDown wins, what in the world order are we going to do? Because it would just seem ridiculous. But at the same time, the match was really good. And this did, this could have been really cool because Becky's on Raw and Sasha's on SmackDown, but Charlotte was undrafted. And so kind of similar to the Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns match that we had on SmackDown, it didn't really mean anything for Charlotte other than the fact that she just wanted to, to win the match. But before the match started, Charlotte said, I just want to be your friend again, Bex. Becky Lynch didn't buy it, which is good because even though she didn't buy it, she kind of turned her head and Charlotte decks her. They get into a, a, they basically roll around the ring. We go to commercial, we come back, and the match starts. So, honey, what did you, I know you enjoyed this match, right? What did you think of it? I did. I enjoyed the match. You told me about one spot that I had actually looked away for, uh, like the flip that Becky did on Charlotte. Yeah, like the reverse. Mm -hmm. That was, that was cool. Yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah. So, the, the match was good, and I mean, I could tell you about more spots, but the reality is we've all seen Becky and Charlotte a thousand times, and it's always good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're two wrestlers that are just naturally gifted at working with each other. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm always going to enjoy seeing them wrestle. What did you think, Rain? Well, that one, I actually enjoyed that match, except that I got confused when Charlotte first walked in, because yeah. I remember... Um, and I don't know if this is a part of the whole, you know, new Raw, but before, if it's a SmackDown superstar, when they walk in, it shows that, hey, SmackDown and their name. Right. So when Charlotte Flair walked in and um, it had the Raw background on it, I was like, wait a minute, is this is this how it is now? Or right. did she get drafted to Raw already? But then as I saw the match, I was like, oh, okay, this hasn't happened yet. But maybe was that a mistake or more kind of like that's the new style of the new Raw? But eventually I saw that, um, for example, for uh, Braun Strowman, when he walked in, um, he didn't have a SmackDown graphic for his name. So I right. figured Even that might be just. Superstar. Yeah. yeah. So that might be, you know, just kind of like what the new Raw is. Um, but anyway, the whole match, I love it. Um, I thought there were a bunch of high points wherein the match could have ended really good. Like it could have had mm-hmm. that the awesome ending, but the right. way it ended for me was kind of like, why? <laughs> now, see, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because Becky Lynch clearly defeated Charlotte Flair with the most devastating finisher <laughs> in all of the WWE, <laughs> the surprise roll up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no, don't know, right. man. It was just like, what? After so many high points, after so many mirror falls, that's how it ended? Yeah. I don't know. It just felt weird. It doesn't make sense to me how WWE thinks that a roll-up is going to protect someone. To me, it just I think it makes them look dumb. Like, Charlotte Flair doesn't look, you know, as hardcore as she could have looked. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Becky Lynch is the most successful women's wrestler in the WWE right now, and perhaps of all time. So if mm-hmm. Becky Lynch beats you, it's fine. Maybe don't let Charlotte tap out. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But have Becky Lynch beat her with something else. I just, I don't know. It, it was it was dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. Yeah. So speaking of dumb, segue, my favorite wrestler, Seth Rollins, is out here, and he's in the back. And he talks about 
how he's going fiend hunting. He cuts a terrible promo. I'm not going to go into it. I don't want to waste too much time with this. <laughs> but he basically says, I've been doing this all wrong. I've been... What he didn't say was, I've been a total freaking coward, which is would have been the truth. Mm-hmm. But what he said was, I've been going about this all wrong. I'm going to go fiend hunting. And then he left. Burn this is the very beginning down. of the night now. Yeah. yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's going to burn it down. And he actually... I, if they hadn't been overusing it so right. much, that saying, that was a good moment for it. It actually right. sounded good. But it was like, oh, okay, we've heard this a thousand times. It's just he says but it 17 times a night. he didn't do that, that was actually a good use of the phrase. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, we go to commercial. We come back. Jim Cramer from Mad Money is making some weird stock puns about how you know Ricochet's stock is rising. I don't remember who he used. It was dumb. So weird. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. I don't like it. Uh, we go to the first round of draft picks. And Raw picks Universal Champion Seth Rollins. SmackDown takes Brock Lesnar. Raw takes uh, Charlotte Flair. SmackDown takes The New Day. All three of them. That's a pretty good steal. And then Raw takes Andrade with Zelina Vega, which is a little weird. I love Andrade. Not knocking him, but same with Drew McIntyre. Like, there are better people on in the pool that can be drafted right now. So it's just, yeah, whatever. It, it was fun. But speaking of Andrade, he wrestled Ali, and it was awesome! It was so good! I love Andrade. I love Ali. This match was absolutely incredible. Um, Zelina Vega... The ending of the match was Zelina hitting the Hurricane Rana on mm-hmm. Ali. He gets in the ring kind of all wobbly, and then Andrade does the hammerlock DDT, uh, gets the win. These two guys are so talented. I don't know what they're doing with Ali. They were trying to give him a mini push. He got injured. They gave him another mini push and or with these weird vignettes, and then no, nothing happened to th- with that. So I don't know. He's basically lost every match that he came back, and I'm convinced that he is the new Sami Zayn. But whatever. I love Ali. He puts on good matches. And yeah, sweetheart, what did you think of this? Uh, I enjoyed it. Same same as before. Yeah. Good match. Yeah. yeah it was, Sorry, I don't have more. I, just, I enjoyed it. It was Yeah, good. it was solid. What do you think, Rain? You know, I actually like it because I, I feel like these two guys are making a good impression on uh, Monday Night Raw. But see, I, I don't know. I love the... Uh, how Zelina Vega is Andrade's business associate. However, I think that they need to find a new gimmick. Okay. Because that, I, I think they always do that. The whole Zelina distracting whoever Andrade is. Yeah. yeah. And then the Hurricane Rana. Can we, can we have something else? Because <laughs> I feel like I've seen this over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool, though. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's it's cool. However, I think it's starting to get old. Yeah, I agree with you. There was one really cool spot that I want to highlight in this match. And uh, Ali was going to jump onto Andrade outside of the ring. Zelina Vega got in his way. And so the match continues. It happens again, the same spot. But this mm-hmm. time, Ali just says, screw it, and does it anyway. And Zelina Vega ducks, and he flies over her and lands oh, on yeah. Andrade. And it was mm-hmm. so cool. It was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys could wrestle 20 minutes a night for the next three or four weeks, just like Andrade and Mysterio did. It would make me very, very happy. It was great. Round two of the Raw draft. Uh, Raw takes... Wait, wait. Before we get there, do you, did you actually like that breaking news thing that they showed on, on, the, on the screen? about Seth Rollins. No, it was so they- stupid. <laughs> God, God you, why don't you, since you brought it up, why don't you talk about it? 
So I saw that ticker and I was like, oh, breaking news. I was like, is this a draft news? Nope. It's about Seth Rollins, you know, vowing to try to find a fiend. Yeah. Well, we just saw like, that a few minutes earlier. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. He, he literally just said that. He had a promo about it. And okay, this isn't really breaking news for us. No, this I, I think I thought it would have worked better if it was some draft related news. And so you know that's the that's you the idea the news. Of, of, <laughs> Yes. I get critical sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm apparently always critical, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was really dumb. And they do it again at the end of the show, like at the very end of the main event where there's five minutes left in the show, they did the same thing, which first of all, it's not breaking then because it's like two and a half to three hours later. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, it's basically just served as a reminder, hey, don't turn the t- don't turn the channel. Bray Wyatt's going to be on here soon. Like, well, whatever. Round two of the draft. Raw takes the Kabuki Warriors. Solid pick. Now, here's what's so weird. SmackDown takes Daniel Bryan. Now, before you say that's not a weird pick, that's a wonderful pick. You're right. And then it shows the USA executives, like, freaking out. Like, they're like, oh, I can't believe they took Daniel Bryan. (laughs) But here's the thing. This is how drafts work. You would submit a pick. Your next person submits a pick. And it goes back and forth. Five picks have already been submitted, so they already know what those five picks are. So them having a ridiculous reaction like that, it's really dumb. Really, really stupid. Hated it. So dumb. Raw takes Rusev after that. SmackDown takes Bayley. Uh, And Raw picks Aleister Black, which is great. I absolutely love Aleister Black. It was obvious that he was moving over because he's married to Zelina Vega, mm-hmm. and they keep the they keep the uh, couples together basically mm-hmm. always uh, nowadays. Anyway, but yeah, I love Aleister Black. I hope he gets a, uh, I hope he gets a little bit of a push. We'll see how it goes. Michael Che and Colin Jost they make jokes about Braun Strowman. Their jokes are okay. I I hated basically all the draft coverage, but there was. This video, and a lot of people, almost everybody hated it. And I know I'm gonna anybody in the comments is gonna yell at me, but here's the thing: the Braun Strowman yell at the beginning of his song. They did it like five times in this video, <laughs> and it did it so much like it just made me start laughing. It was funny. And it was just so funny. And I just, uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend going back and watching it. Yeah, like them talking and their jokes, not funny really, but the raw over and over, <laughs> that was funny. It's yeah. so good. So good. Uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. They are going to wrestle the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, this match was also very good. The Viking Raiders hit uh, Top Rope Splash with Ivar jumping off the top onto Dolph Ziggler. Always good. Basically in three minutes. And the match probably would have ended there if it wasn't for Robert Roode pulling <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Robert Roode, that's correct. Pulling Dolph Ziggler outside of the ring. The, the match continues for a while. I think they even go through a commercial break. Um, and then Dolph Ziggler gets pinned, because of course Dolph Ziggler gets pinned, uh, by the Viking Experience. And we have new Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders. I have absolutely no idea who's going to beat these guys, because they're they're made to look unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing, like, are they unstoppable, though? Because like in the, their last couple matches, they were selling for the other teams. I think they would be better off as a Hill team and absolutely demolishing everyone, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, that's nitpicky because three months ago, yeah. I was complaining about them fighting jobbers every single week, so they're not doing that. They're really good. I'm going to be okay with this. What do you think, Rain? 
You know, for me, I was actually hoping for this match to end in a roll-up. I'm just kidding now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was actually sad that uh, Rude and uh, Ziggler lost the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships. However, I actually thought the match was really good. It was such a great Viking experience. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I'm there with you. The Viking experience name still bothers me. Honestly, the Viking Raiders <laughs> name bothers me just a little yeah. bit, but I'll, I'll get over it. It's like their chant is war, but they can't get it over. If their name was the War Raiders, yeah, whatever. Again, that's mm-hmm. a rant from months ago. Sweetheart, what did you think of this? I know you like the Viking Raiders, correct? I do like the Viking Raiders, and I like that they're wrestling wrestlers. Either way, you hate Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I don't like Dolph Ziggler. I never have. Ten years ago when we started watching wrestling, uh-huh. I didn't like him then. And then 10 years has gone by, and we're back to it, and I still don't like him. I, I don't know why. Some about him. Is it because but, he, he uh, was a male like cheerleader? But I like Bobbert. You, know? you like Bobbert? I like Bobbert, I like too. Bobbert. <laughs> I want to like Bobbert, you know. Uh, yeah, no, this was fun. This was good. Yeah. Uh, after that, we go, they cut a backstage promo. They announced that they were the only team to ever hold the tag team titles in the mm-hmm. WWE, in Ring of Honor, and IWGP titles in New Japan. I thought that was really, really cool. And it made the world of wrestling seem bigger. Mm -hmm. WWE has always been really big in, you know, if it didn't happen here, it didn't happen. And then you have guys like AJ Styles break in and you say, oh, this guy's one of the best in the world. He's been wrestling everywhere for the past 20 years. And then now he's in the WWE. So they've kind of broken that barrier already with guys like him and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But this was a really big deal. Like the last time I heard a a wrestling promotion not named WCW or ECW being mentioned on uh, on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown was what? When Matt Hardy was talking about Ring of Honor, when he was feuding with Edge over Lita. I guess there was that one time where Kurt Angle made a joke about TNA, uh, but he didn't say it directly. So I, I don't know. I just loved it. It made wrestling seem bigger than just the WWE. I, I know it's probably, again, it's a it's a nitpicky good thing, but I liked it. Did this mean anything to you, honey? It did not. No. <laughs> I appreciate your perspective. And as I listened to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. That is that is a good point. But I, it didn't affect me in the moment. <laughs> but probably because I'm not a lifelong That's true. Uh, fan. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> did, did it do anything for you, Rain? Or is it just because I'm a giant wrestling nerd? No, you know what? I actually liked it because I think it made them look more legit. Um, It made them look more, I guess, I guess because they're being built up as like a really strong tag team duo. I think them doing that promo and telling everyone, hey, this is our resume. And guess what? We made history, too. I thought that was actually cool. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I hope they reference that more. I really Mm -hmm. do. Uh, NHL, NHL people talk about the draft. Whatever. Round three. <laughs> Raw chooses Cedric Alexander. SmackDown chooses Shinsuke Nakamura. And Raw chooses... I'm going to say it. Humberto Carrillo. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that. But it's spelled Humberto Carrillo. But it's, it's just Humberto Carrillo, I believe. I just want to name a couple people that were still available at this time. When Humberto Carrillo was taken, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, Mm. The Miz, Ali, 
King Corbin, the tag team of Ziggler and Rude, the authors of Pain, and Chad Gable. Who? All of, oh, excuse me, Shorty Gable. <laughs> All of these people were still available when Humberto Carrillo was taken. Now, I want to note, Humberto Carrillo is a wonderful wrestler, and I'm not knocking him. But if wrestling was real, which is what we're all led to believe when we watch these shows, in no universe would you rather have Humberto Carrillo on your television show than any of the other guys, especially Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. They're bo- Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Years ago, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were on SmackDown because SmackDown was believed to draw a big Hispanic demographic. So if you want a Hispanic demographic, and let's say you're you're the USA Network, and that's what your goal is, right? It's not wrestling. Wouldn't you pick the most well-known Hispanic wrestler of all time against this other dude that most people don't even know? So if we're supposed to believe that a network executive, and that's their goal, to draw in viewers... Wouldn't you take him? Oh, whatever. It is. Ugh, it has really <laughs> bothered me so much. I just. Ugh. Okay. After that, uh, SmackDown takes Ali, and then Raw takes Eric Rowan. So, R.I.P. Eric Rowan's push, I guess, because he was drafted after Humberto Carrillo. I, I, I just. I can't. Uh, Alistair Black beat Eric Young in about ninety seconds. That's fine. Alistair Black's back on TV. He's yes. not sitting in a room going, "Someone pick a fight with me." He's actually <laughs> picking a fight with people. He beat him with his new Dragon Sleeper, which I don't like. I actually do like it as long as it's not replacing his Black Mask, which is one of the coolest finishers in all of wrestling. Uh, I like the Dragon Sleeper. I know if you listen to the SmackDown show, uh, you know Kyle doesn't like it. I think it was a SmackDown show. You know Kyle doesn't like that because of the way he hooks his arm behind his back. But you know what? I don't care. Dragon Sleepers are awesome. Aleister Black's awesome. Please don't take away the Black Mask. That's all I've got to say. Do either one of you want to add anything to this? I mean, the match lasted two minutes. Um, I just want to say that when I first saw Eric Young, uh-huh. I actually thought it was uh, Hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I was because like, wait, he's, he's still a, wrestling? He's a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I would love to see Hardcore Holly come back. That would be tons and tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go immediately to the round four draft because why waste time? And Raw takes Buddy Murphy. SmackDown takes the tag team of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Raw takes the worst possible draft pick in this entire draft, (laughs) Jinder Mahal. SmackDown takes Carmella, and Raw takes R-Truth. Aww. Aww, no, they're being split up. I know, it's a bummer. I don't understand. Like, this is is the point that, and and a little bit in in round three, but in round four, you can really tell that they're stacking the SmackDown mm-hmm. roster. Because at this point, if wrestling was real, which is, again is what we're led to believe, in no universe is this anywhere near. Like, why would you take Buddy Murphy? And again, I love Buddy Murphy. In my opinion, probably the, the best up-and-comer in all of wrestling right now. But why would you take Buddy Murphy over the tag team of Dolph Ziggler and Bobbert Roode? You could split t- Dolph Ziggler and Bobbert Roode, and that's, a fish, fish, that's essentially... Two free draft picks. They're a tag team right now. I just, I don't, it doesn't make any logical sense, but it's, ugh, again, it's just another one of those little things that if they would have just sat down, if the WWE would have sat down and planned out this draft better, 
it wouldn't have made the USA guys look so dumb. Mm -hmm. And they look dumb. They look like they've never watched wrestling before. You know, you asked me at the beginning of the show if if the draft, if it meant anything to me. Yeah. Uh, So I will say I forgot. I'm very upset about R-Truth and Carmella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about the only only ones that were uh, split up. And the reason for that is because Carmella dates Corey Graves, Mm -hmm. who is uh, the... I think uh, Chris called him the adulterer announcer, but he is the announcer for SmackDown. They wanted to keep them together. And USA literally came up with the idea for the 24-7 title. So they can't take it off of Raw, so R-Truth has to stay on Raw. So it's a bummer that they're split up. I like them a lot together, but, you know, what are you what are you going to do? Um, OC is in the back. Street Profits are cutting a, cutting a promo. The OC basically says, hey, we're the best. We don't know why they even drafted you guys. Uh, and beats them up. Beats tired of them. I love this. I like the Street Profits, but the reason I love this is because maybe the Street Profits will get in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's great. OC looks strong because they're bad guys and they're using strength in numbers. So mm-hmm. the Street Profits are so dumb. What did you think, Rain? I, I really enjoyed this. So I actually like that um, that segment because to me it's a good way to set up conflict between the two Right. Them. Well, Street Profits and the OC. Um, obviously, the OC is kind of like being, I, I saw it as kind of like high school, like the seniors bullying the freshmen. Right. And That's a good yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to what's going to happen between the OC and Street Profits in the upcoming weeks, because I think both teams are, are going to be good in their ring against each other. Yeah. Plus, they both talk yeah, trash be, anyway, so. Right. <laughs> it's going to be super fun, and mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think they'll uh, – they actually had another segment that we'll get to a little bit later that kind of hinted about uh, a match. Ricochet cuts a promo, and I have in my notes, Ricochet cuts bad promo. And, <laughs> again, I I love Ricochet. I do. I love him so much. And then my beautiful wife tells me when we were talking about Raw a little earlier today, she said it makes her sad – because she loves Ricochet and Aleister Black, but the WWE has dropped the ball so much with them. You want to yeah. add to that? They're just not being done well. Like, when they first came onto the scene, we were so excited, and they were so much uh, energy, and it was new, and it, it was just very cool, and you had a very good sense of who they each were, and now they're just these sort of extra dudes who are hanging around and every now and then they wrestle and it's not as exciting as it was. And mm-hmm. it, I don't understand all the effort that went into introducing them to us and building them up. And then they just kind of got dropped. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it makes me really glad that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa actually stayed with NXT, honestly, because they remember they were being called up at the same time and it just didn't work out um, because of Tommaso's injury. And, it's the best thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. It's literally the best thing that could have happened to him. And my problem is like Alistair Black is, is, you know, he's still kind of new, but that this was months ago when he was, when he debuted, but he hasn't done anything but complained and wanted someone to pick a fight with him. And Ricochet, just God bless Ricochet. He, he's absolutely incredible in the ring, but he's hampered by the WWE work style. Mm. And every time he's opens his mouth, he sounds like such a doofus. <laughs> he just sounds like a doofus. And and I, I feel bad saying that because I absolutely love Ricochet. Some of the stuff he did in the independence was absolutely incredible. His NXT work has been amazing. Honestly, like 
He's just a guy in the WWE, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's why when Kenny Omega was talking about choosing between AEW and the WWE, I didn't want to see him in the WWE because people that come to the WWE wind up being just a guy. Mm -hmm. And it just, I hate that. I hate that about the company. And it makes me sad that someone that's so talented and so different like Ricochet has just become another whitewashed, generic dude. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree with you because I remember seeing Ricochet. I mean, God, I mean, just his ring entrance. I love it. But, but last yeah. night, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually wrote it down in my notes. I put, thank God for no Ricochet promo. But wait, (laughs) nope, there's more. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, I I feel like whoever writes his promos, I think it's the same person who writes the promos for Seth Rollins. Because every single Ricochet promo ends with superheroes can be real. Uh, Every time. (laughs) Every time. And it's just bad. And his shirt says superheroes are real. And the R is like his little R Ricochet thing. And it just, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. I just don't understand how you can take one of the most talented workers in all of professional wrestling in the ring, maybe in history. There's never been a guy like Ricochet. There's a lot of guys that can do all this flippy crap stuff, but there's no one in the world that can work like Ricochet. And it just blows my mind how the WWE can bring him in, have him in NXT, let him work perfectly the way he's supposed to and then they give him this crap this just let the guy just go in the ring and wrestle every wrestler doesn't need to open their mouth and he is one that doesn't either way he gets in the ring with shelton benjamin who is Mm -hmm. a talented wrestler in his own right and he won and it was awesome it was so good he hit the recall to win i i missed the the 630 i think he's still gonna do it in, in big matches but I don't know. I just, I just miss the 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 ricochet of mm-hmm. old because it's not like the dude is old. He's 31, thirty yeah. thirty one years old. Mm-hmm. He's in his prime. So I don't know. It just it just blows my mind. <sighs> and then we got to get to the next segment. I don't even want to talk about it. I really don't, especially with two ladies here because I'm almost <laughs> embarrassed to talk about it. But we have to get into it, and we have to. <laughs> And Ross rated PG, so if they can talk about it, I guess we can, because we say we're a PG show, right? So Lana's being, she's getting a massage. And the masseuse, who is a lady, says, would you like it? Would you like me to do it harder? And she goes, yes, I like it harder. And then the masseuse says, what about deeper? And Lana goes, oh, yes, I like it deeper. And I'm like, what in the world? What are we talking about here? Why are we doing this? And what makes it even weirder is the masseuse just like disappears. <laughs> and then Bobby Lashley is massaging her. And I'm like, oh my God. Which like, I, I saw that coming. I mean, you know, I knew he was going to do that. It's the it's this very strange grin that Lashley has. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's what, the most awkward part of it all is not Lana's Ooh. stilted speech in, yeah. because she sounds so awkward. Yeah, it's it's the grin. It's it's very odd. I actually have in my notes. Lashley has a weird grin. <laughs> uh, do you, do you want to add anything to this, Rain? 
Uh, no, I know. Let me just get a trash can real quick because this <laughs> yeah. is this is when Monday Night Raw becomes Monday Night Throw Up. Yeah. Yes. It was just so bad. And I just like. I mean, we're married and I felt uncomfortable sitting next to you watching this segment. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was and, and the thing weird. is, you know, I think Bobby Lashley is from uh, Denver or Colorado Springs. I thought yeah. they could have done something else wherein maybe Lashley took her to his hometown or something like that. Maybe to a nice restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's in his it's in his home state. So why not do something like that? But yeah, because no idea. That one was I'm still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> All this stuff has been weird and like I don't know if you guys have heard or not, but Mike Canellis just asked for his release. And Oh, like, okay. But he's been in this like weird this weird storyline. Or like his wife's cheating on him or something and like you know, she's basically, I think the insinuation is she's having sex with everyone but her husband. And then they're like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to, that works so well. We're just going to do another one. And I just don't understand what they're doing with Rusev. It's like, I feel like this is the way that they're, that Vince is trying to punish them for wanting to get out of their contract and leave, which I don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the thought process of that. Sign this new contract. I'm going to give you a ton of money, but I'm going to embarrass you. Like, I don't get it. Mike Nellis is not going to get his release because the WWE doesn't release anyone nowadays. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what his goal was. Actually, I actually know what his goal was. He wanted to be gone because mm-hmm. he's embarrassed. He's 34 and he's a good wrestler and he's got a lot left to do. It's so stupid. So stupid. Uh, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman are in the ring for a contract signing. They come out. Nothing really happened here. Jerry Lawler officiated it. Um, I do want to say that I'm not a boxing fan, and I said it last week, I couldn't care less about Tyson Fury, but he's getting the biggest payday for a single wrestling match of all time at Crown Jewel. He's going to make $15 million. Wow. That's a lot That's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. That's more than most wrestlers make in a year. Matter of fact, if, if I remember right, I think only John Cena has made more than that, and Triple H, but he's got you know stocks. He owns part of the company. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. But I think John Cena is the only other one that that I remember in recent memory that's made more than that in a single year. So uh, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Obviously, they consider him a big mainstream draw, along with Cain Velasquez. But you know what? I don't care about Crown Jewel, so I'm glad it's on there. I probably aren't. I'm probably not going to watch it anyway. Uh, Rain, do you care about Cain Velasquez or Tyson Fury at all? Uh not really. Because yeah. I'm really all for, you know, let's give these hardworking pro wrestlers a chance to yeah. get the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. So, and especially yeah. if they're giving them a lot of money. Like, why don't you use that money to get these, you know, other pro wrestlers who could probably, who could do a great job too. Right. It just kind of blows my mind. But and I understand the thought process behind it. Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez will bring in eyes that wouldn't have otherwise and news that wouldn't have otherwise been on the product. But the reality is, are they going to care? Or are they going to watch one or two episodes and go, all right, well, I've had my fun, and then move forward. And especially when they yeah. see things like the Lana Lashley stuff. And yeah. they go, what is this? <laughs> it, yeah. But nothing happened. They they signed their contract. Braun Strowman broke the table by smashing down onto it. Uh, Tyson Fury like pretended that he couldn't break a pin. And then he broke a pen and kind of laughed and then left. It was weird. It was super weird. 
Especially after Braun broke a table. Yeah. And all you could break was a pin. And then Dio Madden <laughs> sold it like it was nothing else. Yeah. He was like, oh, what's is, what's going to happen to Braun? What happened to that pin? And I'm like, really? Is that what we're going to go with? Like, he totally destroyed it. And I was like, but he didn't really. He really didn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It made no sense. Uh, we got Al Roker, who's made like a bunch of weird weather puns about winds of change or something in the WWE. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was another stupid promos i mean it was awful it might have been the worst one out of all of them It was absolutely terrible round five picks raw takes samoa joe smackdown takes the miz raw takes akira tozawa smackdown takes king corbin and raw takes shelton benjamin so yeah there you go um and i do want to defend WWE a little bit first of all this draft was terrible as i've mentioned but let's just in the entertainment aspect feel like the reason that they kind of waited for some of the bigger names is so every round would have something exciting. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what if round six was, you know, Titus O'Neil, Jinder Mahal, Akira Tozawa, and Liv Morgan. Like, is anyone going to care? No, not yeah, really. That's right. how real sports do it because the best players go early, generally. But yeah. if it's supposed to be like a draft... You have to treat it like a draft. Mm-hmm. Buddy Murphy wrestles Cedric Alexander. And who boy, I absolutely love this. This match was so incredible. These are two of the best wrestlers in the world today, and they put on a banger. What did you think of it, Rain? You know, I actually love that match. Um, I did not care who ended up winning because I thought these two actually showed us what they could do. I mean, I, I, I already knew that these two guys are both great you know, in their own uh, game, but seeing them wrestle against each other, I thought it was really good. Yeah, both former Cruiserweight champions. Um, I'm actually glad Buddy Murphy got the win just for the sheer fact that he beat Daniel Bryan a couple months back last time we saw Mm, him, mm -hmm. and Cedric Alexander got kind of destroyed by AJ Styles. So I think if Cedric Alexander would have won this match, Buddy Murphy would have looked bad. But considering it was a really hard-fought match by both, but Buddy Murphy got the win, I actually think it puts them both over. So I think this was definitely the right call. It was, The ending was a little weird where uh, Buddy Murphy did like a, a sit-out powerbomb and got a two-count, then immediately picked up Cedric Alexander and went for the Murphy's Law to get the win. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of out of nowhere, but you know what? If wrestling was real and you see that your opponent's dazed and you think you can get your finisher on him, why would you not do it? So it was fine. Uh, they announced Rollins versus The Fiend for Crown Jewel. I have no idea why they're doing this. Crown Jewel <laughs> is when all the Saudi shows are basically glorified house shows. There's no way The Fiend wins there. The Fiend's on SmackDown now, so I guess this is the way to blow it off. I have no idea what they're going to do. If Bray gets pinned, he's just done. He's done. Yeah, and it's a false count anywhere match too, right? I know! And then someone asked on Twitter... Well, this falls count anywhere ended in a DQ because Hell in a Cell did. <laughs> and then Seth Rollins, the giant dork that he is, said, Actually, the match at Hell in a Cell didn't end in a DQ. It ended with a ref stoppage. And I'm like, of course it did. But if you're <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins, don't point that out. Don't remind us about it. Don't mention it. Don't talk about it because we all hated it. Just pretend <laughs> like it didn't happen and move on. Someone take Twitter away from Seth Rollins, please. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm out of breath from ranting so much. Raw gets Rey Mysterio. SmackDown gets Chad Shorty Gable. Raw gets Titus O'Neil. 
SmackDown gets Elias, and Raw, with a final pick, get Mrs. Irrelevant, Liv Morgan. Who's been gone for Two a problems. while. Yeah, who, yeah. Uh, I, I hope they do something with her. I very yeah. much like Liv Morgan. Street Profits in the back, and uh, I think it's Montez Ford's like, oh, we got to get the OC back. You know, we're not going to let them, we're not going to let them get the upper hand on us. Angela Dawkins says, actually, fam, I think it's literally what he said, fam, we're not going to do the two versus three thing again because we're not dumb. Thank God. Street Profits aren't dumb. He says, we're going to get us a mystery partner. Now, I hope it's cool, but the last time we had a mystery partner, it was Braun Strowman with the Viking Raiders, which was kind of dumb. And wait till later tonight, because we might have the worst mystery partner in the history of all the mystery partners. So, speaking of that, here we are. Here we are to it. We're here. We're at the main event. <laughs> We've got the Kabuki Warriors, with the single worst interest music of all time, uh... versus, versus Natalia and her mystery partner. And we're like, ah. Oh, could it be someone returning? Will it be something fun? Maybe it's someone from NXT. Or maybe, just maybe, it's someone that's a big name in another company that's going to debut. It was none of those things. It was, it was and the last person in the world, you're like, who would it never be? It would never be Lacey Evans, would it? Well, let me tell you, the WWE does not know how to write coherent storylines because out comes Lacey Evans and my brain like a little of it started spilling out of my ear because it was exploding on the inside <laughs> and I'm like I can't understand how these women have been feuding for months they've went through eight matches they're four and four and now they're just chums if wrestling's real which we're led to believe Natalia's going through the backstage and she's like yo Lacey I have a match later tonight why don't you be my partner because I need one and you know what I need someone that took me to my limit Lacey's like sure Natty that sounds like fun why don't we team up no, it's so stupid. I don't understand. I just I can't even get the words out of my mouth because the brain is still coming out of the ear a little bit. I just, uh, honey, help me out. What just? We need, to, we need to moderate here. Yeah. Rain, what did you think? About that? <laughs> well, the thing is, when Natty was talking about her mystery partner, I actually thought, hey, maybe this might be um, live. Liv Morgan coming back because they oh, would have been so yeah, good because you know she's been gone for a long time and she just got drafted to Monday Night Raw so maybe this would be the time for her to come back but no they it's Lacey Evans which based on her character I don't think she would actually team up with Nat, uh, what's her name uh, Natalia I don't think she would do Natalia. that you know she's too proud no. to do that why would she do that so I thought that was like really weird like like last week, you guys had the, uh, the the false count anywhere match, right? That was last week, right? Yep. And, like, and then Natalia put Lacey Evans through a table. She threw her off of the ring entrance onto a table. Yeah. And then a week Ugh. later, guess what? Hey, you know what? Let's team up against the Kabuki Warriors. So this stupid. Is, yeah, it was so, so weird. Yeah. I think I didn't have any expectations, and as soon as she started to say, I needed someone who, and I'm like, it's Lacey. <laughs> and it was Lacey. Yeah, like, I just, I was like, of course it is, because we can't separate, we, we've complained that we keep seeing the same match mm -hmm. over and over, so this is just a different version of that. It's you just, know, we just can't get them separated. I can't. I just can't. And let me tell you what happened during the match, and I know both of you like Lacey Evans for your mm -hmm. own reasons, and I'll tell you. I love Lacey Evans. She looks like a freaking superstar. 
She her character work is absolutely incredible. I mean, she's one of the best characters that the WWE has introduced in years. Because a lot of people, they're just extensions of themselves, and that's really good. Kevin Owens, excuse me, he's kind of an extension of himself. Lacey Evans is playing a character, and she does it so well, but she's still so green in the ring, and she hurts people. It's why I don't like Nia Jax, because she legitimately hurts her competition. There was one spot in this match where Lacey Evans had Kyrie Sane in a front face lock, and she falls forward. And Kyrie Sane's basically still got her legs in the air, and she plants her face into the mat. Lacey Evans, she's like, she like puts her thumb on her nose. Kyrie does, thinking she's bleeding. Lacey goes for the pin cover, and Kyrie immediately kicks out of what looks like the most devastating move I've ever seen in my life because it was real and it looked like it legitimately hurt. Yeah. And she kicked out before the one, and then turns around, checks her nose, and says something to the referee. Because she got legitimately hurt. Yeah. The very next move, Lacey throws Kyrie up against the ropes and then kicks her right in the gut. Super, super stiff. Now, Kyrie is a former, where she she's Japanese and she formerly wrestled in Japan. And if you watch the AEW pay-per-views, you know that these Japanese girls beat the snot out of each other. Okay? So Lacey and Kyrie are on the outside, and Kyrie's saying does this back fist that I thought was going to take Lacey Evans' head off. A former Marine. I mean, she absolutely destroyed her. And then she backs up, runs and does a forward flip, grabs Lacey's hair, and drags her down and slams her head into the mat. Now, one of two things is happening here. Either one, the ring veteran is saying, hey, be safe or I'm not Mm going to be safe with you. Or two, she's saying, hey, that's it. I'm pissed, and I'm going to beat you up. And honestly, I kind of think that's what it was, because Lacey has recently been very sloppy. And the reason they put her in this eight-match feud with Natalia is so she will get better, and she has. Lacey has supposedly gotten better. She's looked a lot better in the last couple months, but she's still not ready. You can't go out there and hurt your opponents. You, just, you can't do it. I, that's why I can't stand Lacey Evans. And again, I love Lacey Evans, but I just don't think she's ready for all of this TV time that she's getting now. She still needs lots and lots of work. Okay, so with all that said, the match other than that was just fine. Uh, the ending was stupid. Lacey Evans got a, a woman's right. Kyrie, you know, basically stands up for a few seconds and then plops over. And then Asuka gets a roll-up. No green mist, mm-hmm. even though she has this new paint on her face. It's like all green. No green mist. She just goes for a roll-up. This is the second roll-up of the night. Also, it was in the main event. Match over. And I just... Uh, the, the whole the whole thing was stupid and pointless. I can't... I can't. I can't. What do you think, Rain? Yeah, I actually thought that most of the match was pretty much like a submissions galore. Okay. There was a point where in, I think it was Natty and Asuka. And I was like, okay, it's just... From one submission move to another, and yeah, then way too long. I just found myself getting bored. Yep. I was like, "Where's the Oscar action match. here?" Yes. So I thought that was kind of like from main event for it to be like kind of like boring somehow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of didn't like it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. What you think, honey? Um, I thought that uh, I saw that same part. I noticed that it was awkward. Uh, the 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 Lacey Evans Kyrie Zane thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that looked weird. And then when you brought it to my attention, and we noticed what was happening, um, 
so that was that was kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. um yeah i guess it wasn't uh like a great match it wasn't like this great thing and uh, again i don't like oscar and Kyrie saying being a team yeah. because i don't think they need to be a team i know we need teams but i really just feel like they they each function very well mm-hmm. as separate identities and yeah. that would be nice better i like to have them separate um, and I guess this green mist thing is sticking around because now it's part of her makeup. So that's, I don't like it. I yeah. think it's weird. They didn't use it tonight, which is nice because I think that will be overdone really quickly. Right. It already yeah. is. They've done it twice and it seems really weird. Yeah. Again, she doesn't need that. No. Um, I know if they're like, oh, we're we're bad guys now. Kyrie's wearing a black t-shirt. So that's to show us that we're bad guys, <laughs> you know, and we spit green stuff on people. But it just seems silly. So I, I didn't really love it. I really didn't. Oh gosh! And if you think Lana Lashley was bad, <laughs> I just can't. And Lana Lashley was worse. You know, I, I'm using hyperbole here because I hate Seth Rollins. Lana Lashley was the worst thing on the show. Bray Wyatt is in the Firefly Funhouse, and Ramblin' Rabbit is like, "Oh no, Seth Rollins is coming! Seth Rollins is coming!" And then Bray Wyatt says, "Don't worry, he protects us here. So go and play." And then, as Ramblin' Rabbit walks away, Seth Rollins is absolutely destroying Bray Wyatt. Not the Fiend. The, the, what? The, the Mr. Rogers Bray Yeah, the Wyatt. Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. Beat the snot out of him. And then he gets up. He's, like, ripping all the pictures off the walls. Mm. And then Bray Wyatt gets up, and he, he, like, screams Seth Rollins. And then Seth turns to him, and Bray Wyatt goes, Why are you doing this to me? And, like, looks scared and sad. And Seth Rollins, being the hero that he is, just clocks him in the face. And he's beating the snot out of Bray Wyatt, who's literally being defenseless right now. He throws him into the wall. He looks dead set into the camera and says those three little words that every (laughs) woman wants to hear. Burn it down. He turns away from the camera and you get this weird canned like lighter sound. He sets this table on fire. And this is like the most overproduced thing since I think those stupid boxes fell on Roman Reigns. He sets the table on fire, flips it forward. It sets the set on fire. And like it's cutting in and out with like the Fiend's face and the Fiend's voice. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the show, it cuts to black with Bray Wyatt's like laughter. And... This is the first episode of the Firefly Funhouse that was not good. And I hope it's not the last, but it very well might be the last episode of the Firefly Funhouse. I think that's why you say it's not good, because you very much like the Firefly Funhouse. I do. It's the best thing that's been on wrestling in years. The threat of this being the end uh, is very upsetting to us. But, like, why would you take someone and put them in the Firefly Funhouse? What, What I mean, like, so is the Firefly Funhouse just, like, in the back? Like, you know, he's standing under, well, he you know, went, this big light. He and went hunting. It's just, he, he's been looking for two hours. three hours. Three hours he's been looking. So, yeah. Too um, bad no one did that for Aleister Black months ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, what it started with the feet, with Bray talking to Seth. Like, Seth, I, you're really strong and brave. And yeah. he's talking about it like that. Like, um, so, I guess, is Seth supposed to be unhinged now? Like, has he lost it? Because he keeps grabbing his head like he's going crazy mm-hmm. and, you know, he can't he can, uh, fight these urges to be destructive. So is he now a bad guy? Is he just nuts? Or I'm actually 
it, this is this upsets me because I like Firefly Funhouse, and if it's they burn it down, then it's just going <laughs> to magically reappear, or is it over? Uh, and if it's over, that's too bad. But if they are actually going to do something next week to follow up on it, I'd be interested to see what happens. When is the last time they followed up on anything? I though? know, and that's what that I'm, is true. <laughs> it's just they never ever do. What What did you think of this rain? You know. When I saw Seth Rollins crashing into the Firefly Funhouse, part of me was like, wait, so I thought the Firefly Funhouse is somewhat an imaginary world. Right. Because uh-huh. that's how I was perceiving it. So it just it was just weird for me for Seth Rollins to actually show up. So if it's Way just been Yeah, so if it's just a random setup somewhere in the building, I mean, wouldn't he have done that before? Yeah. crashed at Firefly Funhouse before. Yep. Makes um, sense. But, however, going to uh, what Carol said earlier with Seth Rollins, you know, acting like he's, you know, he's being destructive now, part of me thinks that maybe um, at some point Bray Wyatt will actually uh, beat Seth Rollins for Universal Championship because Seth will actually sabotage himself. Well, I hope so. And, like, the guy doesn't need a title, but at the same time, if you're going to put him in the storyline, you can't just job him out. You can't take the biggest thing to happen in wrestling, in a lot, especially in WWE, in a long time, and then just do this ridiculous... I just, I, ugh, ugh, whatever. Raw ended. That's it. Show over. Mm-hmm. Sweetheart, give me a grade. What did you think of Raw on October the 14th? 2019. We had a lot of matches that we said this was good. This was good. Uh, so I don't can I didn't care about the uh, draft stuff. Just didn't care. It was a waste of my time. But I, <laughs> I know we had to do it. So that I kind of set aside. Say I enjoyed most of the matches or most of most of the matches, even like the main event. Did it wasn't a great match, but it was okay. Uh, so I'll give I'll give it a this is a B plus B plus show. It's, it's pretty good. It's not an A, um, but it's pretty good. I don't have any big things that I have issues with, uh, except for the Lana Lashley thing that could almost drop. But I'm gonna <laughs> pretend it's not happening and be in denial and just just leave it out. Okay, so B plus. What do you think, Rain? You know, I'm actually gonna give my worst grade so far. Okay which is a D for the draft. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it. I did not like it at all. I think, I don't know. I, to me, I, I prefer the uh, superstar shakeup that happens once a year. And I hated the wild card rule. And this draft did not make sense to me at all. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I mean, I was watching Monday Night Raw, and I kept seeing all these promos from, you know, the the Mad uh, what's that guy's name, Mad, Mad Money? Money or something yeah. like that. Jim yeah, and um, people from different uh, networks. I thought that was a waste of time. Yeah, it yes. was. I, to me, I don't know. I I'm not seeing any wrestling personality. It's it's so weird. And the whole Lashley, Lana, I'm still recovering from being sick after seeing that. <laughs> and I just, there was a point where in between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, actually when uh, the King, uh, Jared King Lawler was introducing 
um, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. He mentioned something like it's never happened before that an undefeated boxing champion, right? You know, had uh, yeah. to face a WWE superstar. And I looked up Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s record, right? Because he faced the Big Show before at WrestleMania 24. Yep. And he's Floyd Mayweather Jr. has been undefeated too. Oh, Fifty. So I was like, 50 so though, I think. Uh, yeah, so I was like, I don't know, maybe, I'm, I mean, you guys can correct me, or, or listeners can post a comment or whatever, I might be wrong, I'm not really a, a boxing person, but I just kind of, I don't know, I found it weird, because to me, I was like, are you giving me a wrong stat, or, I, I don't know, um, I guess I was just being critical about it. <laughs> Which is fair. And I was like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then the uh, the main event. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get it. I, I was hoping for more, especially, you know, we have Asuka and then Kyrie Sane, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like it. Okay. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what this show was. And this show was the epitome of average. And I think I've said this before in a review but I just have to be honest, guys, basically everything in the ring, almost, almost everything in the ring was good or great. Almost everything outside the ring was bad or terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the Lana Lashley mm-hmm. stuff. We've already talked about it. Super freaking weird. The ending of the show, really stupid and dumb. All the draft stuff, all of it was bad. And we even skipped over some of it. Like they had other personalities that talked that we didn't even go over because there was so much of it. There was even one spot, just like they did on Friday, where Renee Young, Booker T, and Beth Phoenix were out there with Samoa Joe, who was just being a dude. Oh, yeah. And I just can't, I don't understand. Like if he's injured, is he just like, oh, I guess he's not Samoa Joe right now. He's just going to be this guy that's going to, you know. He's going to forgive everyone for everything, and he's just this wonderful human being that's going to talk about the draft. No, he's Samoa Joe. He is a murderer. He wants to destroy everyone, but just not for these two nights because he's paid to talk about the draft. (laughs) So stupid. So stupid. I just can't. Almost everything outside of the ring was bad, but almost everything inside of the ring is good. And I always say that I can't give a bad grade when you've got, you know, really good wrestling inside the ring, and five of the seven matches were really, really good. Then you had Aleister Black versus Eric Young, which is just what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Then you had the main event, which is not good. But I had some interesting things to talk about, like Kyrie saying absolutely decking Lacey Evans. Uh, C. The show gets a C. And that is, I think, kind. I think it's kind to do this. And, <laughs> you know, we, we have, and our grades are all over the place this time, which is nice because it's not always the same. Kyle and Chris and I usually agree on a lot of stuff, so I think it's cool that we all have different grades. But I just, they have to do better. I said this last week, they have to do better. Today is Tuesday the 15th, and I am salivating for 8 p.m. tomorrow to watch AEW. I legitimately can't wait. Mm -hmm. I am ready to go to bed, go to work, and come home so me and my beautiful wife can sit on our couch and watch wrestling for two hours and have an absolute blast. I didn't enjoy Raw. I didn't. Because when something good was happening, like Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander, stupid things are happening around it. And it takes me out of it. And I just, I 
I just, I want to love it so much. I love wrestling, and I've been watching WWE for, what, 10, 15 years exclusively, basically, and ever since WCW went out of business, and I just, I, I, I just want to love it again, and I can't. And it makes me thankful for AEW and NXT to give us two true alternatives, which is hilarious to think of because NXT is owned by WWE. Right. I just, I can't. I can't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of episode 43. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. You can find my good friend Chris Cumby on Twitter at WrestleLifeHeel. You can find Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. And Sweetheart, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, Carolson. And at YouTube, right? And Carolson. And Rain, why don't you give us a couple minutes? Tell us about wherever we can find you. Oh, yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram at WWE What If. And I'm on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash WWE What If. And on Twitter at WWE underscore What If. That is future WWE manager Rain. And I messaged, I messaged her the other day that the only reason I'm being nice to her is because she will eventually get me backstage tickets. Okay. Hell yeah! <laughs> Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to, with us. Thank you for hanging out with us. It has been episode 43 of Wrestle Life Radio. We'll be back tomorrow, but very late tomorrow, because we're going to be recording immediately after AEW, and Kyle and I are going to tell you all about the third episode of AEW Dino My. Don't forget to follow us all on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.